0: Legends, this week we have James Sackle joining us. Dude's a savage, right? Straight out. His company's sales sniper. He's the CEO of that company and a co-founder and a co-owner and they're doing about $1.2 million a month. And you know what's crazy about this is that they didn't even exist 18 months ago. So this company is 18 months old and it's doing $1.2 million per month. They're on track to hit about $20 million this year alone. It's absolutely next level what they're doing. And the craziest part about it is that with this enormous growth, they're not forgetting anyone. Their product is just so freaking good their employees love working with them and they get resumes slapped on their desk every single day. And I was like, I've got to get you on, bro. Like, I want to have you on this. Because I mean, I've been working with James and I've been coaching myself and I've been working with a large number of his team and they're just savages, every single one. And so I've made this podcast and I got him on here because this is just going to be perfect for anybody who's a business owner that wants to make their business grow faster. Anybody who is in a high stress situation and wants to learn how to manage that stress better. And anyone who's interested in making human beings perform At a higher level. Uh, If that is you, if you fit any of those categories, you're gonna love this because this dude is seriously, seriously smart. His company is one of the top 30 fastest growing companies in the world, right? You, You don't get that by fucking around. And so, what we go on in this podcast is we're gonna cover the importance of mindset, the way that you actually think, how does James think and what has enabled him to perform at such a high level and lead such a fast growing company, but then also some insights into the way that they conduct business and the reasons or the secrets behind why they've been so successful. Dude, thanks so much for coming on as well. Um Dude, one one thing I really want to get you on here is because you're a fucking savage. Like sales, you see, you're yeah, you are a savage, and your company is one of the fastest growing in the world. Like, what number are you? What's what's the stat? Top thirty in the world or something like
1: that? Uh, maybe we haven't we haven't got any data yet. So we qualified for the top five thousand in the US. Being an Australian company, though, that is a holding company, right? So it's not like our full numbers. I'd say though. With the numbers that we submitted, I did a bit of a, a look around at the previous years where they sort of stand. And I'd say we'd probably finish in between that top 150 and 250 based on like previous stats and the numbers that we submitted that we had proof for in our US entities.
0: Yeah, sick. So if you don't mind me asking, what numbers are we talking?
1: Well, last month we did 1.3 mil cash collected.
0: 1.3? Um, as,
1: as a whole. In uh, the particular company that we submitted for it was a, about a uh, 650k cash collected that, that's us as well and that company is is 7 months old and it's a, a sales trading company seventh level I'm the C- COO in in that company and CEO of Sniper, which ultimately two two companies that we we own significant portions in in both of and almost work them together in like a tangible a symbiotic relationship between the two companies.
0: Mm. So okay, so so seventh level is seven months old, doing six fifty. The yeah. other six fifty is pretty much coming from Sales Sniper. Then yeah. how old Sales Sniper?
1: Sales Sniper is about eighteen months old. And sorry, just to, for clarification, when I say seventh month old, it, it was a bit older. That revenue was at about thirty k a month when we came on. We just came on it at whenever we came on, which was seven months ago, and grew that from 30k to about 650
0: yeah right so just a little bit little little change
1: yeah, a little
0: change, a little change. Right. Okay, so you started this like so sales sniper eighteen months ago. Started mm-hmm. working with seventh level from thirty k to six fifty. Why do you think you've grown so quick? Because that's fucked, man. That's ridiculous. And you you yeah. haven't had any like crazy amounts of capital being put in, like nothing None. like that. None. None, no, no capital being put in. Why do you think that you've been able to grow so quickly without having you know big dollars just thrown at you?
1: Yeah, well, I mean we spent 18 months in in our company developing systems and strategies and uh, we then got an additional outlet that really made it easy to execute on everything that we've learned and refined and we went into that with like the preconceived notion and strategy of exactly what to do to get it to that level and we just we transitioned over the same culture that same strategy that i mentioned from sales sniper and really had no warm up figure it out period. We're just like, okay, this is what we know is going to work. All we have to do is go in and execute it, spend the money on ads, spend the money on staffing, spend the money on this and that to see that come into fruition.
0: Well, one thing I've always admired about you guys, everyone talks, right, in business. A lot of people talk, very few people walk. And one thing I've always admired about you guys is your ability to execute. Like yeah. you just fucking execute like relentlessly in every everything that you do. And it's super, super impressive from someone outside looking in. I mean, even I've hired you to literally improve our execution with, with, with JCF. I've hired you, know? I paid I paid you <laughs> to improve mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've paid you too much money as well, mind you. No, not, probably you not, not enough. enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah tell who's the salesman and who's not right but no but so with this dude like why why is it that your company has such an amazing incredible culture of execution
1: because we decided it to be that way really you know a lot of people ask ask me and i have a very different opinion to what other people in the company see as like you know the major thing for success and i put it down to luck right and that might be a bit taking away from what we've done but luck in the sense that we for lack of better words were lucky enough to get three people together that had a extremely high ambition that is also matched by skill set and action, right? When you get like a core group of people together that are pushing each other from taking the action, executing, being better, lifting our standards, you get that sort of cocktail that like forces that to happen. Because if I let myself down in one area, I've got another couple of guys that'll bring that up and vice versa. So there's no no real hiding ground and you're you pushed to, to meet each other's expectations, which allows that to happen a lot better. And my previous experience in other companies was seeing firsthand how strong of a culture and a set of standards can impact the success of that company. And I've seen that in a very positive light and how that was ultra successful. And I've also seen that not being done and how poorly. Well, we see
0: this every day, lives. right? Yeah. In business and also in personal lives, the level of standard that you accept is the level of standard you'll fall to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at people who are happy and okay with being overweight, who are okay with being unhealthy, who are okay with being pain if in pain. If you accept that standard and that's where you're going to live, then you'll end up living there most of the time. Absolutely. So it's, it's massive. Now, one thing I must say, with all due respect, I fucking hate the way that you said luck, and I totally disagree because it's not—it's yeah. it's not luck, though, man. Like, how can we say that it's luck? It's fortune. It's totally not that three people, like you, Matt, and Marco, thats who I'm assuming you're referring to, yeah. right? Yeah. Three people of that sort of high level of caliber get to, to get together. And if we look at your whole network as well, man, for this, for filling everyone in who's watching, like you guys have a phenomenal network. Mm. Everyone who you network with are just super super high level dudes just really really fucking high level Hmm. how have you been able to amass such a high level community of people who are just very good humans
1: yeah well i mean you're absolutely right but i probably subscribe to a different definition of luck than what most people do so when i say that and i say this with a, a lot of things is the way and what that word means in my head is is very different to what it is to the general consensus. So, we're probably on the same page, just have very... What does luck mean to you? So, I don't see luck as, you know, picking up a four-leaf clover and then you go buy a lottery ticket. I see luck as the outcome of planning and putting things in place and it all just happening together.
0: Because right? the harder you work, the luckier you get, right? Precisely. So... I'd
1: say we're both right and both wrong in our, you know, our own very different ways. But sorry, what, were, what was your question again? Yeah. <laughs> I
0: was like, "How did you manage to set up such a high-level network of humans? Because even you've got you've got yeah, you okay. you've got you yep. attract the best salespeople in the world. You attract the best coaches who want you to come and sell for them. Like, how do you attract this level of person?
1: It's a good question and one that I I probably don't have a a good enough answer to do that question justice. Right, mm. but it, the way that that I'd see it is like Initially we went into to business and building that culture in by just putting together like a beer test. Could I at the end of the work week sit down and have a beer and enjoy it with the people that I'm around? Yeah. The answer is yeah, they probably fit into the culture. Then the next thing is you look for is do the values match? Yeah. If they do, yeah, awesome. Great, they're a culture fit. We have the same values. Do they have the same work ethic and ambition? Yeah. Right? If that all makes sense, that's great. So once we got that, like on a a core level, it's like, well, we know how successful that's going to make us. How do we trickle that down? And it then came, we attracted some people. Well, well, we bring in people to the company that the ones that had those same characteristics ended up uh, staying and being very successful. We then built an image that we could develop that within people. And we built that culture with that in mind saying we want people that match those characteristics and everything that we look for, and then we put that out to the public. We all of our content was revolved around setting us up as that organisation. On you know what we stand for, what the vision is, where. When, we when you be. say
0: when you say content, are you referring to what you put out there on social media, or you're onboarding yep. them in uh, yep. social media? Yeah, yep. 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 sorry, so, go. Social,
1: social media is like our podcast, our Facebook group, the way that I interact and smash people when they don't say good enough things on Facebook, wherever means that is. Cause I, I really don't care. And I like to have, have that known like our stance because once we started, once like the public and I guess our industry started to know the standards that we have, all of a sudden everyone that wanted to be pushed to that level wanted to come work for us. Mm. And the people that didn't have that and couldn't reach those standards or didn't want to be held up, they kind of shied away from it. So because, that was known and people started to become aware of like the, our, our public image on the way that we treat our staff and the way that we push them to get the most out of them by enforcing a meritocracy. It attracted the right people towards us because of what we had attracted other like-minded people that wanted that. So Have
0: you ever been in a business which isn't a meritocracy? Yeah, absolutely. How is that compared to what you have?
1: It's had the perception of being good. Mm. It had the perception of doing all the right things and re- until you really... Look at it on a deep level. It's like this is run by one guy who has a lot of authority, but is really a shell. And outside of that, there's nothing really good happening. They don't look after people. And it nearly collapsed. And it wasn't a good place to work. There was a lot of people in there that didn't have ambitions to drive that overall vision to where it wanted to be because there wasn't as much buy in. Sure, there was a lot of buy in in the the core group and people that were indoctrinated into those. Uh, Belief systems, but there were there were really false belief systems and false expectations of people. And for for a lot, that became quite clear. And they run into a lot of legal issues and a a whole bunch of other things. And from being someone in that, and also have seeing that done well, it's like if I'm going to start a company, I know how I want my staff to feel. And so we built things with the end goal in mind that we want to get the best out of our staff, and we want to put all of our time and energy into them. One because makes us feel good and we get reward from it plus it Mm. it also is a a dividend that that pays handsomely once you put that time into people because they do better the only way for us to move forward with a company is or the only way for us to grow as a company is if all the individuals in that company grow alongside with it because they're the ones that push our growth so Mm. if we put the time into them they will pay dividends on that time
0: it's true leadership huh? as you, you're going through and you're investing in new people so that they can become leaders too. As so leadership's not about creating followers, it's about creating more leaders. And so I guess actually in that too, how do you do that? Like what's your method of implementing that?
1: That's a tough one. How long do we have today?
0: Let <laughs> me just ramble. Go on for it. Cool. I'm only so, going to talk shit anyway.
1: <laughs> no, no, okay. um, I'll say that question again so I can digest it a bit better.
0: How is it that you instill this culture of people growing, of people executing relentlessly and investing? Like how do you invest in your team?
1: Right. I mean, so many different answers to that question and I'll I'll try and touch on each aspect. So the first and foremost is in order to get someone to the level that they want, you have to Mm -hmm. understand what they want and they have to understand what they want. And when you you have the conversations, like the, the no bullshit conversations where you're essentially having that good hard look in the mirror and where you say, like, what do I want out of life is you have those conversations with your people, you figure out where they want to get to, and then you develop a strategy in order for them to reach that goal, right? Then you can never be the bad person because you've given them everything that they need to get to where they want to be, the balls in their court on how they execute. Then whatever problems that they have in that process or any things that's holding them back, any additional learning, whatever it is that they need, you find a way to facilitate for them so that they have everything that they need to take the action required to get to where they want to be. Then once you've done that, you've gotten a significant amount of buying and people trust you. They believe in everything you do because you've helped them get to somewhere they couldn't get on their own. Mm. And with that, you can ask more. You can push those standards higher and say, great, well, I know that you're capable of this. I want you to be this person. If you want to be that person, let me know because we'll find a plan to get you there. And then you can mold people into the roles that is required of your business, provided that is what they want, right? Mm. And then you go ahead and do that. And you do so many other things that, that guide them and get buy-in to have everyone on the bus going in the same direction. When you're able to do that with multiple different people, you can build them up into leaders to lead others, right? Mm. So that you can step out of, like, I can't physically manage 50 people, Mm. but I can manage 10 people really well and teach them how to manage another 10 and them another 10 and them another 10. And that's like the whole scale process of, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. leaders developing leaders. And it's just giving the guys the skill sets on what they want, but they're unable to reach that on their own without, One, a little bit of push, and then the, I guess, the technical tools to do so.
0: Um, What led you to start thinking this way? Because most businesses, right, don't do this. And most businesses are autocracies, right? There's one guy at the top who's calling all the shots, all right? And there's a heap of people who come in, work, and collect a paycheck, and that's about it. And if we look at statistics on businesses, there's a very, very high amount of employee turnover, disengagement's massive, like nobody gives a fuck about what they do. I mean, we we take calls with guys who are coming to want to work with us, who take it at work, right? They're coming and chatting with us, and they're doing it at work because they don't give a fuck, right? And it's very rare that you actually have a business who cares this much, hence why you have a lot of people fucking knocking on your door. Like yeah. how many interns did you get one to work for you? It's like 50-something? Like,
1: yeah, 50 to 80. I can't remember. We've done two internships, probably a total of like 90, I'd imagine.
0: Yeah, people just knocking on the door to go and like, here's my CV, get me a fucking job. Yeah. Like where, where did you guys, when did you start? Like what caused you to think this way?
1: I guess like when we come to the realization that we can only get to where we're going if we have people at the skill set that we need them to be. Mm. And you can't just like go out and recruit people at that level of skill set. It just, mm. there isn't enough of them available. So the only way to execute on that is to create them. And there's not many people that come to us that are at a level. I mean, they could be at great levels, but not at a level that we'd be happy to hand over keys and have that affect our, our reputation. So you need to make them. And that means, like, we take on a lot of younger people and they go through an ascension model. They, Depending on their skill set, they'll start at a certain point, mm. right? With the the full knowledge that they can get to here, but there are steps that they must take because if we put them at the end goal, they're going to fail. Mm. It's going to blow back in their face because they're going to feel like failures because they weren't able to do it because it was too much, right? Yeah, it, You know, as much as I like jumping straight into the pool, you probably should know that you can swim before you jump in the waves, right?
0: Generally a like good it's idea. It's
1: not always the best decision to just jump straight in when it's something that you can't do, right? So there needs to be like a graduated approach. So we start our guys as setters. Then I'll set them KPIs and it'll be like, okay, well, for you to get to this level, you need a, co- a competency that is at this level. Currently, you're at a 10. We need you at a 16 in order for you to progress. Mm. So... This is the action that you need to take to get good enough at that. Then when you are at that 16 consistently, you get an opportunity to get into that next level, which could be doing triages. It could be doing some low ticket sales. Then again, it's like, okay, great. You've got that. You've mastered that area. Now I need you at a 19 before I let you take on something bigger and harder. Mm. You do that. You've provided yourself the opportunity to move forward.
0: So as they go on, they just keep getting up higher and higher and higher. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then it's like, one, then when you get to that 25 out of 25, you're probably making enough money that you're happy. There's nothing more that you need, but you might want it. So then there becomes a decision. It's like, well, from there, do you want to, are you happy just taking sales calls all day or do you want more? Do you want to learn how to be a better leader? Do you want to learn how to be a manager? Do you want to learn how to do a whole bunch of other things? And- if, what do you want? What do I want? Mm. Buy Grant Cardone's plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that my big, hairy, audacious goal. Like, I want to I wanna dominate the industry. I want to dictate who goes where and who buys what in any industry that I choose. So, and like, what I mean by that is that probably comes across very egotistical, but it's not. We're, we're in sales, you know, and sales is a superpower and it can be used for good and it can be used for bad when you have the power to influence someone and persuade them to do things, you can persuade them to do bad things, right? That's how cults form. Look at uh, Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street. He used that superpower for not great means. And there's so many people that do that, or you can use it for good where you can sell people into ethical things, where the products deliver, they do what they say, and it's generally in their best interests, right? So there's a, a choice to go down. And, Unfortunately, there's a lot of people that have mastered this skill set and they don't use it for the best thing. And there's a lot of people who genuinely suck out there and they sell people into terrible programs and a lot of predatory manners. So my whole concept is like that we want to get so big and, and so skillful that we can come in and take over and work with and partner with all the businesses that we decide. And if we install our people, they're so much better. It takes away the opportunity for all these scam artists and all these guys that don't use it in a good way. It takes away their chance to buy it because we are dominating the marketplace in each of the industries with the products that are ethical and we decide match our standards so that people can only buy that because we're so good.
0: What well, What made you want to do that? Because it's a pretty fucking noble thing, right? Most people come into business and like, I just want to make money, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, like money's great, but I see money as a reward, you know? It's a reward for the impact you have. The bigger impact I get, the more money I make, you know, and my monetary ambitions aren't high, but my success ambitions are significantly more important to me. And that's different for other people and that's okay. What made me want to decide? I don't know. I guess I'm a pessimist and I look at the the world through dark colored lenses and sometimes we see it for what it really is and I, I don't like the fact that that's out there and I kind of feel like, now that I know about that, I have some responsibility and I have the skill set to stop it. And
0: you're referring to like the, the, the scammy coaches yeah. and, and yeah, whatnot absolutely. out there. Yeah, I hate
1: it. It makes me angry.
0: There's a lot, man. There's, there's a hell of a lot. Like, fuck, all you got to do is just scroll a couple of times on Instagram and Facebook and you see people like, everyone's fucking selling something these days, but very few people actually yeah. care. Yeah,
1: it's, um, I mean, like, look at all the pump and dumps on crypto at the moment. Look at all—it's—it's—it's it's, it's crazy, right? Yeah, you know, it's—it rubs me up the wrong way. I don't like it, and you know, as much as I, I resent the statement. With great power comes great responsibility. There's a lot of truth in it. It's an true. Who used cliche, but it's true.
0: Yeah, when you—I I think that's a big thing that a lot of people forget is that if you have something which is really fucking good, you have a duty to push it out there and to get every single person to use it. Totally yeah, agree I mean, with you there.
1: And sales is like your job as a coach, right? You know, you get people that come on, they, they keep saying they, they want to lose, lose weight, they want to do this, they want to do that. It's like, it's your job to slap them in the face and say, fucking, that's a lot of talk, but not a lot of action. Like, what are you actually going to do? And it's your job to do your best to get through to them in the same way that we get someone saying, you know, I want to grow my business by X amount. It's like, well, here's the investment, here's the strategy, here's how you do it. And it becomes our job to convince them when that truly is the best thing for them. If it's not, we don't pitch. If it is, it's like our job to convince them to do it in the same way that it's your job to convince them to stop eating donuts.
0: Yeah, totally. I think it's crazy, man, because people have this whole weird, a lot a lot of people have this weird mentality around sales, that sales is a dirty word. Yeah. It's like the way that I've, particularly since like I've been influenced by you guys, Sales is an opportunity to convince someone to get out of the way of their own bullshit. Exactly right. Sales would not be needed if people, if everyone acted in their own... I need to be sold on shit. Like yeah. I need to be pitched by used guys multiple fair, times. Pretty easy. Pretty, I'm pretty easy to sell, <laughs> right? But That's I can't... I, I, I need sometimes this opportunity to, to get out of my own fucking way. And I look at with our guys, one thing I teach and, and show our guys, right? We do this thing and it's... If somebody comes on a on a phone call, right, and is booked in with us and is allowed to talk with one of us, like they have to jump through a few hoops to get there, and say that this is someone who we can actually work with, they can yeah. help the right yeah. stats and all that sort of stuff. And what we do is, if if we don't, if that person doesn't end up signing up with us because. We don't help them make that decision. They hesitate on their own bullshit, all their fear mentality, all that sort of stuff, their aversion to risk keeps coming in and that owns them. What we do is we go through and we check in on that person in however many months' time. We haven't ever had one person after that phone call ever end up going and fucking crushing life when they've Mm. hesitated on themselves and that fear's crept in. Mm. It's fucking insane how much fear hammers so many people. It hammered me for a long fucking time yeah. as well. I That's didn't me. get off, off my ass. Yeah. How do, How was it you? Like, in what way did it affect you? Yeah, good question. It's
1: like, I guess like um, taking action, right? Could have started this five years ago, but didn't. Why?
0: You know, Why didn't I was,
1: you? I was complacent. I was happy working for someone else, working for myself at stages and really not even knowing like what the possibilities were. And it was only like we've been going for like 18, 19 months. It was only really... After 12 months, we realized, oh, okay, shit. There's a lot that can be done here. This is a bigger opportunity. Maybe we should start fucking acting like it and then take it for what it's worth. And, you know, sometimes it, there is a large element of, like, uh, awareness of how you're actually acting and, you know, whether that fear is real or even recognizing that it's there. And sometimes it takes someone like you or someone like me on the other end of the phone to point that out. Mm. And give someone the awareness that, oh, you know what? I actually am being a pussy. Maybe I should change that.
0: You say it a lot, man, right? You say, and fuck like they're all your reps and whatnot. What do you feel is the main reason people don't constantly pursue how to be better? They don't just fucking relentlessly pursue that. What's the thing that slows people down from being their greatest versions of themselves?
1: Yeah, that's a tough one because I think like there's a lot of stigma and a lot of people believe it. You know, you go to a a Tony Robbins event and they'll yell out at the crowd and go, every single one of you has the power to do this. I don't believe it. I don't think everyone has that power. I think some people are just pussies and will always be pussies. And no matter what you tell them, will never, never be what they want to be. And will just live in dreamland of achieving things because they can't take action. So I, I don't know if everybody has it. I like to think that if people can figure out how to get over it in the first place, then it becomes unkept but a lot of people aren't willing to take those first steps to even acknowledge that they can be something more. And I think once you've acknowledged that, then you can have the power. Anyone can do anything, right? But I think it's really like it's that first point of understanding and I guess articulating and conceptualizing within yourself that you've had success and you were able to be relentless in a part and then figuring out what allowed you to do that, And then conceptualizing out, okay, well, if I took X action and I did Y thought process to achieve this, then maybe all I need to do is adapt that X and Y to a different problem. And then Mm. you can take action on that. And I think a lot of people, they don't understand how to conceptualize that. Oh, if I achieve success in this one area, all I really have to do is copy and paste it into another area. Mm. Same thought process, the same action patterns the same way to solve that problem so that they can. And I think there's a gap in once you've achieved something, figuring out how to adapt that to something else.
0: And so that's why you see so many people who are high performers in an area of business are high performers in every single area of their life because they're continually chopping and just copying that.
1: Yeah, and it takes a a very long time to figure that out. Hmm. So you've seen... Failed attempts, yeah. I've had hundreds of failed attempts to figure out how to work that out for myself. And
0: What's been your biggest fuck-up?
1: How many do you want me to list? All of them. <laughs> I, I, I didn't prepare for this. Off the top of my head, what's been my biggest fuck up? That's a good question. I'll think about it as we talk and we'll come back to it. Mm. But I've gone completely blank to be honest with you right now.
0: Uh, it's a tough question on the spot. I just look back and like every single time that I've fucked up and I've genuinely... I don't know if I'd use the word regret. Regret's a big word, but every single time that I've, I've fucked up is when I just haven't taken a shot. I was yeah, okay. chatting, chatting just before with, with Ghost and with G, and I was talking about the time that I made $160 from $2 in ad spend on Facebook, right? First nice. of all, who the, who the fuck spends $2 on Facebook ads, right? But, uh, but I look back on that and I... I didn't go and reinvest that money then, like right then and there. And I look at stuff like that. And I'm like, those are the things that I regret more than anything is not taking that shot and like not having that.
1: Yeah, I think like my biggest regret was, you know, earlier on in my uh, career was not being fully congruent. And I think getting into a high level of congruency allowed many other things. And what do you I mean guess, by congruent
0: for, for people who are listening?
1: So congruency is just like, how do I explain this in a, a way that makes sense? at least outside of my own head. I guess the um, congruency is like the glue between dreams and actions, right? It's like if you have a value system, that you actually act out the values. And I guess it's like the action that you take so that you are at one with the decisions. Mm. Maybe we should insert dictionary reference to what it actually means here. But um, congruency (laughs) is just taking action on what you say,
0: right? And consistent Walking the talk as such
1: precisely. I, I guess it's when the level of, of action is taken that matches the level of ambition that you have. Hmm. Right? That's actually cool. I'm going to use that. Thank you for this podcast. I never would have thought of <laughs> that prior. But um like if you if you put that together, like it, to, to me, like we teach our guys congruency. Like it's a very big, big thing. So like we had a guy sign up with you because I forced him to. He started selling fitness. And it's a funny story, and, and maybe he'll listen to this, and I'm not going to name names, but he'll know if I, if I, he does listen to this. He, he come to us, and he spoke to Matt, and he said, how do I get better at selling fitness? And he just turned around and said, lose some fucking weight, because he was quite large, never trained, never dieted, never, never looked at his stuff. And he went, yeah, you're right. And he had a lot of weight to lose. He didn't need to lose it immediately. Mm. But he... He had to go through that process because how are you going to convince someone to better themselves in particularly in the area of personal training? And if you're not willing to do it for yourself, like you, you become a charlatan, you've got no congruency in the words that you're saying, like you don't understand what the pain points are.
0: Your words are meaningless.
1: Exactly right. But like you might not have to be shredded. But if you're taking that action, you understand oh, what this person's going through. What are their pain points, what they're feeling? what are the fears? And because you've experienced that and you've got over it yourself, you can now facilitate that for someone else. Mm. And when you get congruent, the words that come out of your mouth come out with conviction. And when you can cons- replicate that conviction, you become consistent.
0: The crazy thing I've learned about sales is how much is in leadership, like looking at it yeah. with you guys, sales is leadership. I think Eli Wild says that. Does, Fuck, yeah. I'd love to have him on the cast. Um, that'd be a cool conversation. Yeah, it It'd be like six hours long. It'd be awesome. But yeah, like your sales is, is, is leadership. And I think that it's insane how much this crosses over into everyday life and your identity, the way that a lot of people want to be successful. A lot of us want to be really successful. We want to have success in areas of our life. We want to have success with wealth, success in relationships, with our health. But very, very few of us actually end up going through and taking the action to do that and becoming that person. It's mm-hmm. like if you think as the person that you are today, then you'll stay that person. Whereas if you think as the person you want to become, then you'll become that person. Mm-hmm. It's quite a crazy thing that we're not often taught that. Why the fuck? You know, here's what what I always I struggle with. We get taught how to do long division at school. We get taught how to do all this random crap. I got taught about the moving sands out at Collaroy for geography, right? But
1: I, I haven't don't even been... know where that is.
0: <laughs> right? It's near you, right? So Northern Beaches, oh, it's not near you actually, but it's right, but it's like all this random crap which has no applicability in life. It's like, how much different do you think that we would be if every single person was taught how to be totally and 100% congruent with themselves?
1: Yeah, I mean, how do you even roll that out, right? We've got a system that kind of prevents it. Like, I think there's so many different things that should be taught in school. Well, it's one taught.
0: thing, sorry to interrupt, one thing I'd like to inject with you guys, you guys are massive father figures for your employees, like from the outside looking in, right? And I don't, I don't mean that in any like weird sort of way, but like in terms of your leadership and the way, way that you are as strong men are very, very much father figures. It's like, how much of a role do you think that has to play in it?
1: I think it gives authority, right? And when you have authority, it comes across better people listen to authority figures and they're more likely to take action and take your word for it and trust you if, if you have that. Well, who so, are you, who are your role models? Oh, who are my role models? I guess I, I've had a few mentors. My dad, Matt's, Matt's been a mentor of mine. Like we're business partners. Now I hired him as a, as a business coach 10 years ago. Mm. I'd say him, we've got a couple of other mentors that, that we work with. That's they're the the main ones, really. Mm. I've, um, I've learned a lot myself and going, okay, well, this is my end goal. This is where I want to be. And yes, the question, who do I have to be? What action do I need to take on a day-to-day basis to uphold that? Right. And then once you've got a full understanding of what that is and how you act, then you can take the action that matches up. Right. What did you learn from your dad? What did I learn from my dad? I guess, I don't know how to be a good, good person, (laughs) I suppose
0: does uh, he have any traits that are particularly strong
1: yeah he's, he's got a really strong work ethic and I, I probably learned that from him I've never had to have a, a manual labour job for a long period of time but when I've done it like I always see people that are in those industries and I've always been the guy that's just just fucking get it done yeah yeah you're body hurts, it's it's sore, like even doing that for mates and, and helping them out and getting on the tools, it's just some people just get it done, other people don't, and that's work, work I think I probably learned that from my dad. Hmm. It's probably the biggest thing, to be honest. How to much be humble? Been... Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah.
0: Humbleness is a rare commodity these days. Like what sort of, how do you think that you being able to be humble in your own way has has it allowed you to get to where you are? Actually, yep. can I preface that just a little bit please, as well? Please, right. yeah. So the reason I say that is, you know how every fucking person these days tells you how good they are, right? Right everyone says my product is the best everyone says this like me 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 and it's all about the ego and it's all about the self and it's all about projecting how much greatness we have i mean we get asked all the time what makes you guys the? what what makes you the best and i say <laughs> fuck mate i'm not going to answer that question you can answer it yourself like mm. if you know clearly my marketing is not good enough if you still need to, to ask that but humbleness is something which is really, really rare. And we see that whenever you're arrogant and whenever you bring yourself up, someone always chops you down. Life comes and kicks you in the nuts, right? Because it's always chasing this neutrality. So for you in staying humble and not letting your ego get the better of you, not going out and buying a fucking Lambo, even though you could and waving your dick everywhere, how good is James Sackle? What sort of impact do you think that's had on your ability to lead and to create an amazing culture and to have the success that you've enjoyed?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like we've spoken about this many times in our coaching sessions that, that I have a fear of that ego getting out of control, you mm. know, and, and being that guy that swings his dick around. And mm. I just think, le- like, leadership is really it's making the hard calls and pulling up people when they act like dickheads like that. But I think it, it pulls into to what you're saying there is like, you know, hu- humility is being able to be successful without needing to tell anyone because there isn't anyone that is truly successful that has to yell about it and tell people you should know that by the results that we get. I don't need to tell you if I've had to tell you how successful I am, I'm not successful and I have failed. And I think that, yeah, it's probably like a different thing, but I feel like they play on each other very, very heavily. And that humility allows you to not need to, to do that, not need to have a dick measuring contest and, you know, like I generally don't really give a fuck what other people think. So that's a benefit. And um, how'd you
0: get to that state? That's pretty fucking advanced, man. Like I, even I still give a shit what other people think. I mean,
1: I I do like, I I like, I like people to respect me. I appreciate when they do. I, I, I like, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep. If somebody thinks that I'm a dickhead for doing what I think is the best thing, I, whatever, like, not really my problem. It's, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Mm. But um, I, I think it's just like as you said, it's, it's the humility. Like if you if you didn't have that, at least a, a base level of humility, it, it wouldn't be a problem. You know, yeah. if you didn't have that, it would probably aggrav- aggravate you that people are not recognizing the level of success that you are.
0: The highs and lows. I don't huh? need it
1: to. I the only people I care about recognizing my success are the people that I, I want them to.
0: Who do you want to recognize your success?
1: The people I care about. The people that I work for, my employees, my business partners, my friends. That's that's all I care about. The Joe Blow on the internet that trolls people. Whatever. I, I'll let them I'll let them take the wind because they probably need it. <laughs>
0: Well, you guys, it's it's pretty funny. I've watched some of the the threads that you and Matt have had. I do troll people pretty (laughs) well. Yeah, right. You do, legit. Most companies are too afraid to do that these days. Like super, super PC. You guys are like the opposite, but it's worked for you. Why do you think that is?
1: Uh, Look, I just think like if someone's acting like a dickhead, they need to be told they're acting like a dickhead so that maybe they could recognize that they're acting like a dickhead and potentially change it, right? It's like, Matt uses this all the time. He goes, if someone has terrible breath, do you tell them? I say yes, you know, because at least if you've told them, they've become aware and they can do something about it. it. doesn't help them that you just sit there going, oh, fuck, this guy has terrible breath and try and close your nose. Like, it doesn't help them. They could probably have a mint. Maybe they forgot to brush their teeth today because they got busy. They just had their coffee and forgot, right? So you can't solve a problem that you don't know exists. And, you know, I just, I hate... People when they're being rude, and I feel guilty. Oh, I, I'm guilty of doing that sometimes as well, going back at people with, that are rude. But I just there's nothing more satisfying than seeing that guy that's being an asshole to people and putting them in their place, and I like that. Maybe it gives me a sense of being a superhero and some some sort of level of justice where I'm the the shining knight of internet safety. But it's, it's not true. But it it's fun. I, I like seeing dickheads be put in that place it's satisfying
0: i think everybody does i guess that comes back to the humbleness and the and the ego it's fucking crazy man how um i i've actually had people who've tried to call me out on the internet see me in yeah. public and look the other way oh yeah fuck. It happens all the time oh my god that is hilarious like i was like fuck like i don't even want to laugh because i actually feel bad for you dude mm. like i mm. couldn't fight my way out of a wet paper bag. I might to some people look intimidating but like fuck I haven't thrown a punch since I was about 15, and it was you know. With your brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, legit. But yeah, I was like I just find it so funny. But what you said about the about the person the bloke the bloke with bad breath. There's a big difference between nice being being nice and being kind. There is. And I think that we get the two mixed up. Nice is like when like 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 a biscuit. A biscuit's nice tastes good in the moment, but it's not that fucking good for you in the long term.
1: Yeah, yeah. But like, sorry, sorry, I cut you off there. You Go
0: finished. on, go. Um,
1: it, it really comes back to the, the same thing with, with like the value system and what we believe in is like I use that to attract the right people. Mm. People come to me and people book in one-on-one time with me because they know that they're going to be told what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Mm. Right, And I'm pretty savage in the way that I say things to people. And people come to me purely for that. And if I can display that level of savagery on internet forums, it's like, ah, fuck yeah, that's what I need. That's what I want to hear. If I'm being a dickhead, I want to be told I'm a dickhead. And I use an example of that, right? Because it upholds the standards. Like we had a guy, Um, we posted up our, our training portals maybe like a month ago, right? Hmm. And we're like, hey, you know what? We're going to cancel all of our one-on-one clients and we're going to direct that back to our staff. I go, but in order for me to do that, you have to have finished this. You have to have done this. You have to have done this and this. Otherwise, I'm not doing my time until you've put your part in. Mm. And somebody commented saying, what date does this need to be done by? I'm like, well, everyone that's been successful has already finished it. You know, and then I went and had a shower and I, it, was, it was bugging me. It was really buggy. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I went back on after I had my shower and got ready. And I went, you know, fuck that. I resent the comment. And just like, (laughs) went off. It got me so bad, right? It aggravated me to no end. I'm just like, that's such a broken fucking mindset. Like if you have to put a date on the time that you want to have completed, your goal was to achieve this. And you need a date in when you take the action to get to there. Like, that's not what we do here. Like, that doesn't reach the standards. And if I let that go, I'm given permission for everyone else to lower their standards as well, and I won't have it. So, you're fucking wrong. That's not good enough. It's not what we do here, and I expect better, right? And then, funnily enough, I went off on this guy. It was, it was savage. So It was probably in more detail than my recollection of, of how that went. And uh, you know what happened? He goes, you're absolutely right. Thank you. I needed that. Really? Yeah, like, because it's true. Like, that's what the guy needs to hear. It's like, no, stop fucking around. Like, the reason you aren't at the same level of success or developing as quick as these guys, that's the fucking reason. Because you, like, don't just do it. You don't take the action. You don't, you're not fucking hungry enough. You don't have enough ambition. Yeah, we've had further conversation. Like, that doesn't work for us anymore. And that was kind of like a tipping point. I'm like, you know what? If that's the attitude, like, I can't fix it. Mm. I'd rather have people that are less talented that have the ambition and have the work ethic to do what's required because they always will give in the right direction
0: that's another you, thing man yeah. we're never taught standards no, we're never no, taught no. like how to have them how, how did you set your standards for what is appropriate for how you're going to be in your life not just in business but for you personally actually we tangent in this, actually no, let's go over this first and then I'd sure, love sure. to tangent and do powerlifting stuff but yeah go no, go yeah. through sorry
1: I, I don't think I did I think it just I don't know as life went on, just realize some things work and some things don't. And they work when we hold ourselves to a better standard. And I I saw that work and I saw that didn't work in many ways and many different ways. And I guess just like by means of really just things coming together, like, ah, this is the solution. Let's do this.
0: Well, you I don't came know. to me, right? Because you, you, right? you were you, you. came to me, right? And you were like, you know, I need to lose some weight. I'm getting a bit fucking yeah, fat. Yeah, you know, yeah. I need to sort my Absolutely. shit out, sort everything out. But like, what I was Was living it, incongruently,
1: right?
0: Gotcha. It was so it comes very back to successful in
1: one area, not in others, because I put all my intention into one basket mm. and stopped eating well. stopped Didn't sleep. Was working too hard. Stress was through the roof, and because of that, it just spilt over and. You know, Sometimes when that happens, you don't even realize it's happening until you're like, fuck, I just realized i got to do something about it, and then you fix it, right? Now, we, we haven't completely solved those problems, and I, I'm not going to tiptoe around and say that it's perfect, but the the amount of progress and the track to that progress is immense, and I couldn't be happier with where we're at.
0: Well, mm. so for you, what, what's the reason, like, since working with us, that you feel that you have been able to make that progress?
1: I guess, like, it, it's it's more so, like, personal for myself. Is like, okay, well... I've acknowledged that this is what I need to do to fix it. I'm just going to do it. And now I have guidance and someone that can hold me accountable to doing that. And like I say to my people that will tell me that I'm being a dickhead when I'm being a dickhead. And that's important Mm. because it's congruent. Like, how can I sit there and say to other people, like, you're not good enough in area X, Y, Z, if I'm not willing to hear that for myself, because that's so important because I can now say that with conviction and it puts me in a leadership frame. If I'm willing to have someone pull apart areas of my life that aren't good enough, then I can do that for others without sounding like a hypocrite.
0: Mm. Accountability is fucking massive, man. And, and now it's like every, everyone being in a leadership position, in my opinion, should be held accountable yeah. in multiple areas.
1: I don't even think it's that. I think it's just the congruency. Yeah, know? It's like, this is what I need to so fucking do it. Right. Mm. This is like, because I'm probably different to much of your coaching clients. I, We could jump on sessions and I say, Hey, this is what I need. Fucking deliver it to me. Make it happen. Mm. This is Mm. what I want you to do. Let's do
0: it. Very easy.
1: (laughs) It's like I need to be here. I'm here. You come up with the stuff in the middle and make me do it and then I'll be here. <laughs> it's, it's that simple, right?
0: It is pretty simple. And that end, like, it's pretty it's pretty stock standard with everyone. I think everyone knows roughly where they want to be. I think it ends mm. up being, like, the clarity and the know-how. Like, that's the big fucking thing, right? We Like, with us, like, we do We'll focus on three things. It's, like, number one, knowing exactly where you fucking want to go, right, yeah. and what are the things that are important for you. So having your summit, having your values, then after that, having your plan and having somebody to kick your ass if you're not mm. getting there. I still simple. haven't
1: nailed that yet, right? It, it mm. changes all the time. Like, oh, this is where I actually want to be. And as we get deeper and deeper into it, it's like, ah, oh, you know what? That that wasn't fully true. Like, yeah, I was normal. holding myself back, right?
0: Yeah. That's, that's normal. Like, I mean, uh, do you think there's ever been a stage in, like, no. do you think there'll ever be a stage where you want to, where, where it'll be the same? It's going to be constantly changing, right?
1: I mean, maybe if I was like dick, skin, lean, and 40 kilos heavier, maybe, but but no, no, I'm just messing dude.
0: Around. Let's talk about your athletic side of things. I was a, would love to touch on that. So yeah, yeah, sure. you, you did pretty
1: well in powerlifting back in the day. I mean, like I was not great. Like I was okay. I mean, I I was very good at bench press. I um I, I was in a wheelchair for a while. I had a had an accent. It was a funny story. I was on the on the beers one day with the boys after Christmas, and you know, as you do, you, you jump off a bridge in the water and having fun doing that after a few beers and. I got cleaned up by a jet ski that wasn't meant to be there and messed my back up. What did you do? Ah, oh, it's I lost a significant portion of muscle in my glutes and in my quads. I um, got some spinal fractures in my um, spinous process, like one of the the tra- transverse process or whatever it is. Yeah. I I've got like I've got four bulging discs in there and as a result from being bedridden got three in, in my neck so it was, it was mostly like nothing majorly serious but like a, a cocktail of things that made it difficult and one affected thing disaffected that and just could never really really get it right so I would never get to a level where I could compete and win in in a deadlift or squat pure because of the compression forces but I I could bench press very 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 well and, and could use that to come out at it, at a mediocre level. So I, I was training, I had a competition lined up and then blew my back out. I went back into hospital a couple of weeks before I was set to compete. Mm. But uh, in, in that competition period, I, I went um, probably one kilo lighter in training to um, breaking the, um, one of the Australian records in my weight class for bench press. I think the, the record there at, at 59 kilos, cause I'm a very short human was uh, at that stage, it was like uh, 121 kilos. On the bench mm. and I um I got up to like 119 so I was like one or two kilos away from that I, the numbers could have been different it was many years ago but um that's where I was before that I was I was a runner so I'd always been competitive like mm. I was at like a, a state level very close to Australian level as a, in the AFL as an umpire mm. and that really just stemmed from from hard work like I was never a good distance runner but I was a very very good sprinter mm. unfortunately you have to be a distance runner to be in that field. Mm. But I I got away with that just from, from hard work until my body started to break down and genetically just wasn't made for it. So I turned my attention to something that I was better genetically set for, which was lifting heavy shit.
0: You know that man, double bench press. That's impressive. Double body fucking
1: crazy. You should see me on a sled. I can, because of I'm so short, but have very, very strong glutes. I can, I can uh, push a sled to like, like crazy. It's it's (laughs) fucking ridiculous. Like a, blows people's minds
0: so it's like a cool life loading. skill
1: it's funny people like if I get in and I do sled pushes people see me like loading up the plates they're like what the fuck and then I move it they're like oh that's weird yeah, powerful it's so yeah it's, it's, all, it's all I'm good at <laughs> that's it bench press and sleds nothing else
0: Man, it's fucking cool. Because like, if we look at, like, it's if we go, and like, if, like, I obviously, like, analyze and think about everything you're yeah, saying, yeah. like, where you're at. Like, it's super cool because I look at, like, the reason, well, some, of the, some of the reasons, not the reasons, but some of the reasons why you got to be so successful is, like, number one, like, a relentless work ethic in every area. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that's just been practiced over. And, like, but, you know, this is this one thing that people always come to me for is for focus, right? Because mm. we all know that if we're more focused, we'll be better. And I say to them, I'm like, okay, so you want to be focused, right? How many hours per day do you practice being focused? And they're like, what do you mean? (laughs) I'm like, all right, when you shit, what do you do? like oh i'm on my phone when you're brushing your teeth what do you do oh i'm on my phone and it's all this and like we're never practicing it but if you look at like how it's analogous to you and where i was going with that is that you've practiced work ethic from a very very young age mm. you've practiced congruence from a very very young age you've practiced standards from a very very young age and it's quite incredible because yes you have some like extraordinary talents around and knowledge and stuff that you've accumulated over the years but some of the pillars of your success seem to be things which are just as simple as reps 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 Mm. do more reps on work ethic do more reps on congruence do more reps on standards and know exactly what you want to be and live to that it's fucking cool
1: yeah it's also a recognition of like what you're good at and what you're not good at
0: yeah
1: right and just focus on the things that you are good at like that's where the majority of your attention should go unless you're trying to develop a skill you should put the majority of the attention on the thing that you're not great at that is your lowest hanging fruit but if it's a life skill like a career path, that focus on the thing you're good at.
0: Well, so standard, cheesy, generic question, right? If you had somebody who wanted to get a business to 1.3 million dollars a year within 18 months, like what a you month, have, a month. I'm right, sorry, month. one. Sorry, 1.3 million <laughs> a credit. month. Sorry, my bad, man. So what's that? What's that work out to? Like 15 million a year, roughly? I yeah, don't know A&P. maths.
1: Be pretty close to that, yeah.
0: Yeah, about that, right? So $1.3 million a month, $15, 16000000 million a year within 18 months, right? With an enormous profit margin too, right? What would you recommend? Like what are the things that you would say that they have to do to make that happen?
1: I'd say the answer to that question probably changes regarding the field that, that you're going into.
0: We're going cheesy and generic.
1: Okay, cheesy and generic. One is you have to understand what is required to get there what that end goal looks like and then from there you just reverse engineer and you figure out what the end state is, then map that out, build a strategy around what actually needs to happen in order together, Mm. right? Then just take action on that.
0: And so for every human who wants to be a better leader, right, because in my opinion, you guys display exemplary leadership, what do you think are the key traits that every single leader needs to do or the key actions they need to take?
1: I think one is communication, Two is, is understanding, and that's understanding others and how that method of communication will or will not get a point across. And then three is it a, is a congruency, which is, I guess, by a better definition, is leading by action, right? So yeah, I'd say those three things are, are probably the most important. But also being a good person helps, and I genuinely caring about about the person you're trying to lead.
0: How crazy is that, man? A lot of us forget about that. It's like if you actually try to serve and you care, you do so much better. Yeah. I've I've been a self-centered. What was that?
1: That's where the communication comes is, understanding that and understanding what someone wants and what you get out of delivering it.
0: I got two ears in my mouth, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Ironically, I said that as I was cutting you off.
1: Technical interruption. If you want to exactly. learn how to do that better, you can join the closing code link in the description.
0: Yeah, legit. we have got to we to tell everyone <laughs> where to find you. We'll do we'll do that. We're to, so, So, pretty much, what what are the ways? There are going to be a lot of people who listen to this and like, fuck, I want to learn from this guy. Like, what are the ways in which you guys and your crew can help people?
1: Yeah, sure. We've got a, um, a fa- free Facebook group. It's called uh, the Closing Code. I'll we'll send the details over to James. You can put them in description. You can look up myself on on Facebook. You can look up Matt Matt Ryder. He's um, my business partner. You can look up Jeremy Miner. So we've got the two companies, Sales Sniper Consulting, as well as Seventh Level. There's a, a couple more more companies that we, we have open. <laughs> that are Let's
0: condense it. it. Where can, where, what's the best place to contact? We'll get we'll, we'll just, one just,
1: just search uh, Sales Sniper. put it it into google put it in wherever the algorithm will catch and take it to the right places
0: yeah perfect you got your seo set up then i assume yeah
1: Maybe.
0: (laughs) maybe maybe i hope so also, as well, like I have no idea where these links go. I'm just going to be totally honest. Charlie <laughs> sorts cool. all that. But so we'll put up a link as well, yeah, uh, perhaps to the, to the, um, is a legend, isn't he? I'm going to have Charlie on too. But we got, uh, we're going to put up the link to the closing code. Uh, for yeah, everyone sorry. here, I fucking, I highly recommend you go through and join it. A lot of people view sales as a dirty word. I used to hate sales. So I use, fun fact, I used to not want to get on the phone with a client before they signed up because I was worried about being a salesperson so fucking dumb because when we started actually jumping on the phone and listening to people's problems mm. and understanding how we can help them and finding out the mindset issues and the reasons why people can't succeed everything got so much better our client results got way better more people wanted to work with us Their client satisfaction was so much happier but I'm like fuck. So if, there's, if there's another thing that's taught me about it is how to be a better man and how to yeah. be a better human being because the one thing that sales truly well the sales in this way is not self-serving sales it's sales in which is in a way where you're able to actually listen understand and to solve people's problems really effectively and if the if you listen to this and you want to learn that i'd highly recommend that you do join the closing code i will put up the link for that i think it's very important every single person i know i push into there because it's fucking unbelievable it's been a game changer for me and for my loved ones even my family it's been really really incredible
1: awesome well it's been a pleasure james
0: yeah thanks for your time man
1: thanks for yours